This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back in the early days of our town, there were a lot of things that are different then that aren't even around today, especially different areas of the town where people lived. At one point when Kansas City was first founded, there was an area in town where all the rich people lived and looked down at all the peasants. That area of Kansas City is no longer with us, but had a big influence of making Kansas City what it is today. So even back in the early days, Kansas City was kind of a segregated town. I mean, we, we, we see it today, obviously, with the division of state line, Kansas on one side, Missouri on the other. It seems like everything we talk about in this town starts with, like, what side are you on? Whether it's Confederate, whether it's Union, it, whether it's Kansas, whether it's Missouri, there's always been a dividing line. And even back in the day, even even there was, a, I, I guess, a rich-poor dividing line back in the day, and that was known as Pearl Hill. Yeah, it's crazy. When Kansas City was founded, I mean, it was... You know, there, most of the time, I mean, slavery was pretty well accepted in the early days, if you will, in the 1820s and 30s. But as the city began to grow from essentially the bluffs, they're obviously as the city grows and, and people start spreading out because you didn't just buy like a little plot of land, right? Mm-hmm. Usually you're going to have, you know, a couple, you know, 20 acres, 30 acres, 50 acres. And yes, it ends up being a divide because you're going to be by the people that side with you and you're also going to settle with people who have the same belief system so you got those you know the people from kentucky tennessee virginia they're all going to usually be the pro-slavery side and and so why did we have this hill kind of emerge as to like where the rich people lived was it like everybody (laughs) looked at this hill and went there it is there's the good rich people up above it's all about river traffic and it's about wanting to have a view yeah right i mean right if you buy a house that faces major power lines it's not going to be or it faces a highway it's not going to go for the same price as something that has a beautiful view of a golf course or whatever. It's the same idea. The higher up you were, the better you could see, which is also a safety thing, right? Sure. And so the river traffic, that was huge. We're talking about where we've talked about Westport Landing, which would be at the foot of Grand Avenue. And when you have those river boats coming in and out, people don't realize. And I, I have to preface, if you have you ever been to the, the town of Kansas Bridge? Uh, which is the town of Kansas Bridge? It actually, if you go, it's the coolest thing ever. Most people don't know about it. It's if you were to drive down to Main Street and uh-huh. just keep going past, I mean, essentially you're in the River Market area, and it, Main Street just ends. Well, it used to not just end, right? And they continued Main Street and then basically bring it out all the way to the river, so you can go and like walk out. And there's different plaques that talk about the early history of Kansas City because what we keep, we keep forgetting is that we like to we graded our streets. We ended up grading the land, and there used to be a huge bluff there. The only place that there was a solid landing was Westport Landing, and the levee went along there. And you like if you go there now, it, it's railroad tracks now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we we eliminated the levee because of course riverboat traffic is replaced by you know the railroads and everything else. So you had this massive hill. So you've got Grand Street, which of course Grand is going to be east of Maine, and then there's this huge hill. But it, it, you know once you got up there, you, know, you had to hike up there. 
had a pretty awesome view of all those steamboats coming in. Well, we didn't like hills back then. We sure as heck don't like hills now. I mean, even for a town that has eliminated a lot of their hills, it's still a very hilly downtown and a very hilly kind of, you know, area. People think of Kansas and Kansas City as being this flat open space. And it's really one of the hilliest towns, major Mm -hmm. metropolitan areas that there may be in the United States. It really is. I mean, San Francisco probably has this beat. Sure. But yes, it's because of the fact that we were built and we were, they were looking for a place. Of course, everybody was talking about how cheap land was. And, you know, at first, Kansas City would have probably been settled on the north side of the river, you would think. But because of the Westport Landing, and then obviously, if you're on the north, you still have to cross the river. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to cross the river. You're going to lose your wagon wheel. Nobody wants to cross the river today. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you got to go to the north land unless you're going to the airport. Why do we need to go up there? You exactly. Know? Exactly. But there weren't the bridges. So you would have had a lot of problems. You wanted to be on the south side of the river because that's where you're going to have your trail system because of going westbound. So the city is going to be grand, essentially cut out of the bluffs, if you will, because they had to get up the hill. And then that grand would have actually followed the Santa Fe Trail. Mm-hmm. And then grand would have gone to Westport, which would be three miles from Westport Landing. But that's where they're going to settle. And, of course, Westport wants the business of the the riverboats and things like that. But Westport Landing is going to be the levee. So that's where you're going to have your businesses. So when you got off that boat, Right. And you're going to you're going to take that journey three miles to Westport, the town of Westport. Mm -hmm. They want to get your business first. So it's a very smart move. And we give John Calvin McCoy, who deserves so much credit in the city. He's really no more of the founder of Westport, but he really was the founder of Kansas City. And he actually originally settled in Kansas City. Like that's where his and he was one of the first people to build on this hill. Right. Or one of the first. And it's pretty cool because to think about it this way, he's the one who platted our streets. And have you ever thought like. Where's First Street, Bob? Where is it? I don't know. Where is First Street? It never never really existed, did it? It did exist, but you have to think, and actually, if you're a Berkeley Riverfront Park, which is going to be on the east side of Grand Avenue, mm-hmm. there is a First Street-ish. Uh, you know, it's one of those roads that leads you to nowhere. To nowhere. Yeah. But, but there is a First Street, but we're talking about, like, right there in the heart of the city, it starts at 2nd. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be that way, but we cut out so many of the bluffs. It was essentially cut away what it was known as Pearl Street Hill. Or First Street, which would have been between Grand Avenue and Walnut, a.k.a. Main, Mm because those streets are kind of pretty close together. And it would have just been this massive hill. Sounds terrible. And it was so the the road itself was so narrow that only one wagon could go up at a time. And it was like a dead end because it was so, so high up on the Main Street side. There was no way to get down the hill from that side. So it was a dead end. It's like climb up the hill. But I mean, once you got up there, it was a beautiful view. So these pioneers of the area are going to settle on Pearl Street Hill because they want that view of the riverboat traffic and everything that's going on in this bustling town that's growing from Kansas City. Well, I think what's interesting when you when you look at like downtown from the river market, you stand right. there, you do look uphill. I mean, you, it's, you it's a big it's a legit how hill. high were these bluffs and these hills that people were moving back in the day that's because it, yeah. there's still great great Huge. hills there. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what's so cool. If you stand at the town of Kansas Bridge, which is an amazing area and you are going to be elevated up, so you're still pretty high up, so it would be if you were graded at Main Street of where it is today. And if you get there, you still look, like you said, you're still going uphill. What you have to imagine is that basically Pearl Street Hill, and it's it's really hard to imagine this in, in all aspects, the highest point of it would be about six stories higher than you are today. Oh, my. Okay. The highest point. The lowest point would be about three stories on the Grand Avenue side. So mm-hmm. that's legit tall. Yeah. So you, when you're looking at it, you have to imagine you're standing there and you got to just keep looking up. So there's a couple buildings downtown that are good grade or a good height that would tell you. And I'm talking, there's no huge buildings, of course, 
you know, skyscrapers and uh, the uh, river market area. But these three and four story buildings are a great idea to go. That hill was pretty pretty tall yeah really know? it really was a tall hill so uh, <laughs> eventually all the rich people started to move yeah. there. All, all the all the french people with the rich names <laughs> and stuff like that are living on top of this hill mm-hmm. why did that become kind of a place for the money people in kansas city well again because of the view and then it's you know it's kind of one of those things like once one person moves that you know the area it's like hey i'm gonna follow baronie shoto yeah uh, it, it, it seemed like like mission hills before mission hills or or, yeah. or, or you know that that kind of area of kansas yeah. city the ward parkway area of kansas city before it really became the right. ward parkway of kansas city don't you feel sorry for those people that had to build those houses on them yeah like, absolutely i'm sure we could go into how that happened and of course there were a lot of people that you know there were certain people in town that were literally builders but uh, the first one was going to be Berenice Choto. She'd lost her husband. Her family's still settled in the area. And Berenice builds a beautiful home. And it's kind of a, it's a, it's a cool story basically about her. But she, she builds, it's a log cabin style. And it's, and it's going to be that French style architecture. So you're going to have the two fireplaces on both sides, a, a main hall that runs down the middle. And she was known, of course, for in the 1849, there was a cholera epidemic pretty much everywhere. Um, and she was known in that time to take care of all the sick, even Native American children. So this would have been the place where this all happened. Um, she was up there very, very early. She was, you know, coined the mother of Kansas City. Um, she was a widow at 30. Like, and so obviously her kids are going to help her get settled in all of this. Mm-hmm. Her house was known, and you can see it in some of these early drawings of Kansas City, which is pretty cool. She, her house was known for its beautiful landscaping and she had like jasmine plants that grew everywhere. So it wasn't just like she was, it was important to showcase the house and, and where it was. It was also like, Hey, look how beautiful it was. And you're again, you're, you're going to see this and you can imagine people coming in from the riverboats and they're looking up and they see these beautiful flowers. And of course she had slaves and you're going to have all these things happening in this area. It, mm-hmm. it would have been a sight to see. Um, it, like I said, it was a, it had a stairway, so it did have, it was a two-story house, and it would have been the French-style architecture, which was, uh, of course, not surprising. And, you know, even her granddaughter talked about being able to hear, especially because you're so high up on the bluffs, Berenice Choteau's slave singing and all of these things that would have happened. Um, it is, she's probably the, on, she's on the Grand Avenue side, so she's going to be on the lower side of the hill. Maybe they didn't want her because she was living by herself. They didn't have her climbing all the way up. But she was really the foundation of this. And it's it's kind of sad to think that, of course, all these houses are gone today, which, you know, we could talk about Kansas City and destroying. But this, I, I think it's interesting because John McCoy even settled on this hill. And he knew that that was going to have to be graded out eventually. Mm-hmm. But he still built up there, too. It was all about, like, survival of the fittest, what was important then. They didn't have the, the technology or the way and the means to actually cu- cut out the hill at the time. It was more important to have that view which I think is pretty cool. Um, I mean, amazing story. The house, essentially, uh, they say, like the McCoy house, they essentially say that it was uh, built in 1856, and it ended up being destroyed. It was kind of interesting when I was piecing together the history of Pearl Hill. I'd never heard of it before, and actually most people have never heard of it still to this day. Uh, there's a guy named John Dawson who's done extensive research on Pearl Hill, and he was very, very, very helpful in this research. But I wanted to not just know what houses were there. I also wanted to know what the hell happened. Like, what happened first? You know, what was it? The streets got graded, and then the houses were destroyed, or the other way around. And it really was the streets got graded. So then, all of a sudden, what happens is your house is sitting up in the middle, like stories up. Yeah. What do you do then? You know, you get to keep climbing the stairs. There's no access to your house. So right. That's really. And, and there was a tornado in the area in 1886 that kind of leveled some of these homes. 
Uh, it was so steep, though, by the 1913, 19-teens or whatever, that most of the I mean, there was just there was nothing left. So so well over 100 years ago is when the hill started tumbling down. And, because <laughs> yes. it seems like it seems like, you know, for for a city that was well thought out and well planned out like Kansas City was, mm-hmm. it seems like they had this hill and it's like, well, we want to keep it. But how what are we going to do that? Like if this hill was here 100 years later in 2013, it may be a totally different ball game because we would have had the technology to get up to that hill and to preserve all of this stuff. True. And, and it is true. And if you go to other cities and I think it's uh, it's a really good it was hard i just went on a a homes tour not that long ago in weston in weston missouri and and weston isn't going to have the the growth that kansas city did obviously Mm because they lost that riverboat traffic you know in the early days it was that was pretty much the death there but weston has a lot of old homes that we could compare to the same time period we're talking about here and there's this old home and it's actually known as lincoln's other mary um which is abraham lincoln and first courted a lady whose name was also mary and uh, they ended up not obviously getting married. She ended up settling in Weston, Missouri, and her home still stands. Oh. And it's a very cool, very beautiful home, but it is like hella high up in the air. And, you know, at first when you got up to the, I mean, it's a hike up this driveway. At first I was like, why is this so high up? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that it was high up. It's that they graded the streets lower. But see, it's Weston, Missouri. You're not just tearing stuff down like Kansas City because land values and things like that. So it has like a two-story staircase that goes up and down from the front entrance, which, of course, these people would never use. But that shows you that the grading happened everywhere. It was just a question of when, how, mm-hmm. why. And, I mean, Pearl Hill had the best view. It was, you know, you're going to have, this is a pro-slavery hill. Right. You know, which is interesting because Kansas City really, by the 18, you know, by the turn with, toward the Civil War, is going to turn really union-occupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think they're going to let all these you know, pro-slavery people up on a hill. By the way, one of them had a cannon that they right. fired off <laughs> <laughs> to the north, no less. Because, yeah. I mean, you're sending a friggin' message. They got Confederate flag. High, heavy, like, the stuff that happened up there is incredible. Of course, they're not going to let those people stay. And, and some of them were actually banished from Kansas City, which we can get into. But they, you know, the settlement was a pro-slavery settlement on that riverfront and then as you know the, you get the cursey coats and things like this where quality hill is developed on the west bot overlooking the west bottoms again mm-hmm. why would you build there it's a hill right it's a freaking hill too sure but it had a great view i mean now it's like the stockyard not so right the, the, the view, view change over the years but <laughs> it seems like any view up high is a good view like no, no matter is. where you are it, right. it's a really good view and so you know as i'm, I'm reading your article the other night yeah. about pearl hill i'm thinking to myself what if they weren't slave owners? What if they weren't Confederates on top of that hill? Would we have done more to try to preserve that hill? Or did them being Confederates have a lot to do with part of the reason why the hill came down? I don't know if it would have really uh, mattered at that point. It, it, timing is of the essence. And, and you've got, you know, when Bernard Donnelly, which we talked about him, comes in and helps, you know, uh, carve out Kansas City, mm-hmm. it, that's going to happen essentially right at the same time period. I mean, we're talking within 10 years of each other. So it's it's a it's a coincidence. It's a happenstance. And when you have union-occupied Kansas City and then you've got Westport, which is pro-slavery, you know, you couldn't just go, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take my slaves and I'll move three miles to the south. Right. It's like, get the hell out. I mean, that's a lot of these guys got chased out. Um, you know, there are stories of Nellie McCoy, who was John McCoy's daughter. She was smuggling rifles in under her skirts and things like that. A lot of women were arrested during this time period. Uh, but a lot of men, even before they were arrested, because if you're a pro-slavery guy, and you know that they're owning slaves. And at this point, you're in the middle of the war. 
they're going to get you out of town. And they had every right, because of the way war works, mm-hmm. to make you leave. I mean, it's time for you to go. And we did evacuate the area with Order 11 in 1863. Uh, before that, though, special people, like there was a guy named Jesse Riddlesberger who lived on the hill. And he had, I love this guy. This guy is comes from St. Louis, right? You know, St. Louis. And he's going to open a merchant's bank. So he comes for the wealth. Right. You know, all these people that live on Pearl and the Hill need a place they to put their money. Place to put their money, yeah. yeah. So he loses his first wife and he, he ends up marrying uh, a, one of the bells of Pearl Street, which is a really interesting thing. She's 16, you know. He's 63. That, that is the, the craziest <laughs> thing ever. Like, like even, even today's standards, people would look at that and go, all right, that, we, we can't allow this to happen. Yeah, yeah, but 16, you're, you're, you're good to go. There's no, uh, sure. there's no, you know, charges of, you know, uh, statutory. And by rate. the time the 63 year old gets to the, you know, death, you're still, tw- you know, in your 20s or 30s, you got your whole life ahead of you and a right. nice inheritance. And women, your concern at the time would have been marrying for, you know, the wealth and right. comfort and all right. of that. And, you know, 16, and she's one of the bells of Pearl Street. And, and really the bloodlines, too, because you're going to procreate yeah. and you're going to have children, you're going to have oh, offspring. Well, don't worry. He already had kids and they were older than she was. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Sure. A little awkward. Like, hi, mom. Right. <laughs> but then again, back in the day, though, nobody lived to be that one. Like, 63. Three must have been an old geezer That's back the then. Super, it's pretty old, pretty old. And Jesse had a real big, you know, temper on him. And he ends up building a home because he's going to choose this bell on Pearl Street. He ends up building a home. It's on the highest side of the hill, sixty feet up in the air of where today was. So, be. how were they getting up there? Was it all by walking back then, or you were you, if you were rich enough, you could ride a horse up there? Well, or like it what? was enough to fit a cart. One, it's like a one way street, mm-hmm. right? One way street, one lane, enough to get a cart and a wagon up the hill. That's it. So everybody else is walking. I mean, people hoofed it back in these yeah, days. Yeah, right. Because a horse was a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you didn't have the money, and there's stories of Nellie McCoy talking about uh, their slave used to, when, when they had slaves and all this, her dad would be working on the riverfront, and of course, you're up on the hill, and when it was time for dinner to be called, she would take a conch shell, this is this slave, and call down so John McCoy knew it was time to come up come up the hill for some, you know, for supper. Right, yeah. And they, and you know, the family had that conch shell up until the 1920s. I don't know what happened to it after. I, hopefully somebody didn't go, why the hell have we been holding on to this? Right, toss it. Yeah, right. But, you know, you, you look at that type of situation as well. Was there talk of development up on that hill with stores and groceries and restaurants no. and things like that people would need up there? So yeah. you wouldn't have, wouldn't to, have go, to go down the hill. Go down there. Like, how often were people going down the hill? Because I look at myself and go, I ain't going down that damn hill. Yeah, seriously. And, and again, because before the bluffs are cut out, it would have been that one way up and the one way down. Um, I would say that you, you hoofed it a lot. This isn't like you had a residential subdivision and there's 35 houses. I mean, we pretty much plotted out, and I have it on my uh, blog, which is the new Santa Fe trailer. You could look it up and, and just type in Pearl Street, and it comes up. Uh, we plotted out uh, this essentially where we think these houses all landed. And you would have talked about, you're talking about pretty big lots, okay? And half of the area can't be developed because it's a cliff on one side. So you have maybe seven or eight houses up there. So it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but then think about it. It's from Grand to Maine. So yeah, that's, that's a big That's distance, a big area. Yeah. But it would have only been, you know, like you're not building where you're like you can yell for a cup of sugar from your front door. Like right. you're going to have to keep walking. Yeah. So it's not as developed as you would think. So they're not going to build a store for the eight residents or the eight households of, of Pearl Hill. That's why they had slaves. So okay? uh, like, so uh, eventually, and, and one thing we learned in journalism school that really like you could use in just almost any situation, the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Eventually, the greatest good for the greatest number of people was right. to eliminate this hill. Obviously, weather happened, right. the division between the Confederate 
Confederates and the Union all yep. happened. So there were plenty of things out there that led to them saying, all right, we're getting rid of this thing in the middle of this town, and we're flattening this sucker out. Yeah, it, it had to do a lot with the development of Kansas City, is that Kansas City develops from the levee, but then it ha- it's moving south. There's no way for it to move north. It's called the river. So, you know, it's going to move south. Mm-hmm. And then grading happens, and, and it wasn't like – the West, you know, the West Bottoms area was, that's where original Showtow's town was in the first place. It's that, you know, that's a floodplain, you know, so you're not going to develop down there. It, Quality Hill really becomes the, the up and coming wealthy area of Kansas City, but it was also where the, the Union side lived. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that like Jesse Riddlesberger, back to him and his 16 year old wife, uh, he had a beautiful home that had, you know, like, tapestries sent in from different countries. He, Of course, he had oil paintings of Jefferson Davis, you know, and Robert E. Lee. It's like, of course you did. Right, course right. Did. That's what you did That's when you I, were a Confederate. You know, I mean, you have one photo taken of yourself and your wife, but you got that oil painting. Yeah, the oil painting. Can't wait to hand that down yeah. <laughs> to my family I members. actually would like to see where those are now, uh, legit, though. I mean, though, like, right. be really cool things was, to, to look at and see. So, and, oh, my gosh. So cool. But, you know, it, it was just, he, he was so over the top, Jesse Riddlesberger. Of course, he builds this beautiful home and it's it, it's i mean mahogany bedrooms mm-hmm. and all this stuff he builds this home and and it's in 1858 and it becomes kind of the one of the showcases of the area and it ends up passing to uh another family the shannons which was and i'd say because riddlesberger to to get to the point riddlesberger uh gets banished so he pissed off essentially general ewing and after general ewing was evacuating all of those southern sympathizers and in, in the area he, he wrote a special order for 12 different residents, around a dozen residents of Kansas City. And Jesse Rosberger got his own little warning, and he had to, he had to leave. So he leaves the area with his family, takes what he can, um, moves to St. Louis, which St. Louis is union-occupied. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had probably a lot of connections from his earlier years in, in St. Louis. Moves to St. Louis, he ends up losing his whole friggin' fortune, ends up dying like working as a night watchman. So, so the 16-year-old cash in then? <laughs> the 16-year-old had to stick around long enough. I mean, it, the divorce wasn't, of course, common back then. But it's just kind of interesting that, you know, it's you asked for it. You've got these these people believed what they believed. He, he evacuates the area and never really comes back. And there was a little argument for a while about some settlements and money and all of this and who who owned what. And, you know, as they developed, it was hard to, you know, decide who who you know, who who had these lots and, and a lot of people did leave and never come back. But he I mean, just an interesting story there. I, I, you know, he didn't just include Kansas City. Jesse Riddlesberger was uh, also, of course, a big influencer of St. Louis. But, you know, he, he lost his wealth. He, he lost grocery business and all of that. Totally a, a normal story. Right. There's, but, you know, his house was kind of a showcase because it was a brick home. So I'm like, geez, <laughs> brick shipped in, by the way, from St. Louis, no less. You know, he builds this beautiful home. It becomes a showcase. These, some of these homes that if you look at pictures, you can see them because they're as the grading happens. So Kansas City starts to, you know, grade the streets and Pearl Hills just starting to be cut away. Um, it's so weird because these beautiful mansions and they called them mansions back. And I mean, if everybody else had a one or two room cabin, so anything bigger than that was a mansion. These houses just sat up on this hill and they had to build these rickety staircases that would be like a three story. Like it looks like, you know, like a out. Uh, the side of a building, you know, where they have the uh, emergency staircase, except it's wood. And it would just be this rickety staircase that led you down the hill because there was no way the the streets cut out now. Like you can't get up that one lane Mm -hmm. street anymore. So Pearl Hill essentially just starts getting gutted away by the 1880s and early 1880s. Berenice Chateau dies around this time. She's not up on Pearl Hill anymore. 
it just becomes a vagrant camp, if you will. Really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but if you go down to the town of Kansas Bridge, and you can see lots of vagrant camps as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> on the hill. But I'm, I'm just thinking, like back then, like, I, and, and I picture everything kind of in today's terms. That would be like right. Mission Hills Ward Parkway, all of a sudden turning into kind of like a, yeah. a, a vagrant camp. And then, what what if the the big tornado doesn't happen? Because that that seemed to be like the final excuse to to knock this thing down and really start yeah. to raid that area out. It, it was. I mean, and there's so many cool stories with the end of Pearl Hill, but it, it's the you, if you look at there's one picture that was in the Kansas City Star, and and I don't know if they have like the better view because of course now it's copied and hard to see. It looks like just this rut, you know, just this one gouged out, mm-hmm. ugly, left resin of a hill. And it was the people went up there, and a lot of people were buying, um, buying up pieces of the land just to take some of the 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 bricks down and sell them off, or you know, for other buildings and things like that. Uh, the after the war, the construction of the streets is what really sealed the fate. We had a tornado, as you said. That I mean, the structures aren't real sound anyway. You get a, one wind gl- gust up on the top of a hill, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, vagrants lived on what was you know uh, there at the time. But the real thing that I think sealed the deal, it's not the war. It's not even necessarily, of course, the streets being graded. It's the railroad. Because now the levee isn't that important anymore. The business has moved to the to the south. Our mm-hmm. streets have gotten a little bit easier to navigate. River fro- the riverfront traffic is disappearing for the railroads by 1869. So what is, if you go to the town of Kansas Bridge and you look, it is where the levee was, it's railroad tracks. And not one or two. A lot of railroad tracks. It's not attractive. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stand up on, you know, and have your glass of iced tea sitting on your beautiful porch overlooking the railroad tracks. Correct. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not nearly as romantic as watching the steamboats come in and watching all that beautiful traffic coming in. It, right. That's not pretty anymore. Right. That's the that's the that's the fate right there. And Quality Hill a little bit too. Later uh-huh. is that Quality Hill's view gets kind of ruined by this stockyards. You get a, the wrong gust of wind. I don't want to be sending up wind with all those cattle. And well, everything. I mean, we had it a couple of months ago when that cow oh, farted yeah. in Iowa, and the whole city, of, you know, <laughs> the whole town smelled, and the yeah. whole state smelled, and everyone's like, "What is going on?" They said, "Oh, a cow, you know, passed gas up in Iowa, and everything smelled." I could only imagine what the wind would be like coming up from oh, the stockyards I, I, I back got in the day. On that. Ugh, yeah, ugh. I mean, but, just not good. No, not not good. But again, you start with, you know, the, the, the people who had the view. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal if you had the money for a horse, you had the money for a buggy, you had slave labor mm-hmm. to climb that hill. Not going to be that big of a deal. Correct. The bells of Pearl Street are not, you know, they're probably not hoofing it. Right. They're going to. And they probably didn't come down all that much either, right? Well, for sure, because you have the, you have labor. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, obviously unjustified slave labor that's going to be doing the, the labor for you. These are not domestic. This is, we got to remember, we're a small slaveholding area. This is not a plantation style, you know, the bells, you know, of the southern, what we think of in Gone with the Wind, and you got the people picking cotton outside. That's not what's happening. These are going to be slave slaveholders that are not doing slave labor, even farm work. They're doing the, the jobs of the household. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have the cooks. You're going to have uh, the but, the butler, if you will. You're going to have the people that are assisting on the, the riverfront, um, helping build things. It's not the kind of slave labor we, in our brains, think about. Right. Uh, but really, you know, I always thought, because Berenice, and I think about those jasmine plants, because I, 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 can't, I know that Pearl Hill's gone. But, you know, when you when you when you cut out something, some things, especially seed and everything. So it was one of those things. It's like I go to the town of Kansas Bridge and I'm 
I'm gazing back to the south and I'm just trying to imagine where it is. And I every and I've done it for the last couple of years. I I stand out there on that town of Kansas Bridge and gaze up and I try to see if I can find any jasmine. I know that sounds cheesy, but is that all that might be left of Pearl Hill? Is it? Could it be the plants? Yeah, it may, may be. So how, how do we get from Pearl Hill to Quality Hill? Kersey Coates uh, develops Quality Hill. And, of course, it's going to be, again, a better view. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because Pearl Hill's So people were very vain back then, too. It's all It was all about the view. I mean, like, seriously, when you Part think about it, it today, you're buying an apartment or a condo yeah. or something in a downtown metropolitan area. Well, what's the view like? Or you go into a hotel room in a city downtown, you open those blinds, you want to see the view. Like, even back then, people were thinking about that. Absolutely, because it's city living. We're not talking about country living. And even if you're looking at country living, which is something to always consider, is that people, when they own farmland, especially in, in the area where, especially where I grew up, it's still very hilly, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a, Washington Township, which is South Kansas City, is very hilly also. So you didn't build in a valley. Okay, there's a lot of reason for it. One, flooding. Okay, you want to view partially because you want to know what's going on around you. So people built on top of things. So you would you would build at the highest point and you would build your cemetery, family cemetery just off and it wouldn't be 100 yards away or 150 yards away from your home, but you built because of the view. You it was safety too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this sure. is still the yeah. wild west. So when you're talking about downtown Kansas City, which still was a fledgling city when Pearl Hill was was the place to be seen, was on the bluff overlooking the most important thing, which was commerce. The most important thing was those this riverboat traffic coming in, people coming in and, and unloading. Are, are they staying? Are they going west? Do we need to outfit them? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get their money? That That's where the commerce is. So, so having that view was extremely important because it was how Kansas City began. So where did the place to be become after Pearl Hill went down? Pearl Hill, then it was Quality Hill, of course. Uh, Quality Hill is, it develops earlier. It's going to be, and, and really McGee, and, and we, we'll do it, we're going to do a thing on McGee's, but, uh, McGee also develops this area out, out south, which would be like the convention center now, which I know it's like way like out When south. you say out south, you're talking Bartle Hall convention yeah, center, like or are you Bartle talking about Hall. the Overland Park? No, 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 definitely not OPK, Kansas. Yeah. Not, we're not, we don't even have Overland Park yet, but I'm talking the convention center, which is in the heart of downtown Kansas City. Right. right? That area, was when when the McGees, which were one of the, they were the first settlers really of uh, the area, first ones to bring slaves into Jackson County, Missouri, was James Hyatt McGee. His son takes part of his land that he's he's inherited essentially, and he's built a a whole area out where the convention center is today essentially. That was uh you know he built a hotel. It was like. What is he doing? Well, we've been looking for a convention center hotel for years. <laughs> You're telling me it was built in the 1860s? It, well, 50s. 50s. But what's so, think about this though. The traffic is the levee and then you have three miles away the town of Westport. And this guy goes to the convention center area, which is what, what block would that be? Probably 14th, 12th. 14th, 12th. Yeah, yeah, right. So 12 blocks away from where the, from literally first street or the levee, this guy, 12 blocks uphill, Builds an area and says, come on out here. But he's like, this guy's crazy. He's out in the middle of nowhere doing this. And of course, you know, serves him right. He ends up getting people to, of course, you know, immigrate or migrate that direction. The city had nowhere to go but south mm-hmm. and really not even west because of the bottoms, right? And then state of Kansas. So east, east and south. Right. And the city eventually, of course, the wealth later, you got Quality Hill, you got the view. 
And then Northeast becomes a big area, which is amazing because guess what? It's still overlooked stuff. I mean, yeah. it, Northeast is built on the bluffs. Sure. I mean, this is so again, you have view. And then, of course, as, as the city grows, the city moves south. And it's all about the affordability of land. The closer you are to the action, the more expensive it becomes. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, so Pearl Hill's in the center of it. The land was worth so much. It was more important to make it accommodating to people. Kansas City would not have probably continued to grow as successfully without getting rid of this one block, or I should say three block area, one block wide or long uh, north south section because it was in the heart of where everything was. It was, it was important to have it go. But it was also the heart of where some of these pioneers and what they called home when they first settled in Kansas City. It, it, it really is amazing that the more we talk, the more we see how everything we still do today was established back then. Like yep. the, the moving of the South thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, the Kansas City continues to move South. We're talking in the 200s now, you know, that, oh, that, that far I, out that South. still blows my mind. I mean, my mom, when she built her house it, with my dad, it was like 1974 or whatever. She's always like, I think you're but she, when she built her home, like I, rem- my uncle at the time, they were trying to build a second story bedroom onto the house uh, when they were building it, and, and my mom needed like five thousand dollars. She asked my my uncle, you know, can, it, can we borrow five thousand? He's like, I'm not. You guys are crazy. You're living. You live in the middle of nowhere. Hundred and twenty second state line. <laughs> 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 Poor my uncle Jimmy didn't know any better. He was living in California, but like that was. You guys are living, that would be like moving to Harrisonville, yeah, right? right. But that's, the Kansas City is just, it, it's exploded. And we are so many cities that are all combined and we've, we've melted together. But of course, it all, at one point was, which side are you on? Depends. Is it, are you Confederate? Are you, are you Union? Are you, do you own slaves? Do you not? You know, where are you from? Legit, where are you from? Are mm-hmm. you Irish? We're not sure about you. But there were some Irish that settled on Pearl Hill, and they, they were the only ones that didn't have slaves. There's a big surprise there. But, you know, the Southerners, they, they stick together. I mean, people stick with the people that hold the same ideas, the same religion, the same everything. And, and we, we still are very concentrated like that. But we've done a better job because we literally are like so many cities and so many different uh, relations and, and heritage all melded into one thing that now is Kansas City. And Pearl Hill was really one of the first kind of lines of demarcation of this yeah, town. Come, come up my hill if you want to see the view, but you better you better have your uh, horse and buggy to get you back down. I think it's pretty cool to drive around downtown and imagine Pearl Hill being in the middle of our downtown community. What would it look like today? Who would live there? And what would the shape of downtown Kansas City be like with Pearl Hill sitting in the middle? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.